0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. We're talking about connecting with others who understand ADHD and addiction. I've got Recovered Life contributor Jennifer Salzman on the line to discuss. How you doing, Jennifer?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I am doing great. Look, ADHD, a hot topic right now. I know that you've had your ADHD journey through mm-hmm. your recovery process. So I'm so glad to have you on the show to discuss this. Um, you know, Jennifer, if you could start by you know sharing some of your own experiences with ADHD and connecting with others, how's that helped you uh, in your recovery journey?
1: Yeah, well, I never knew that there was a connection between those that struggle with ADHD and addiction. I think there's like I think it's like 25% of people who are being treated for substance abuse also have ADHD. So, initially, I didn't I didn't even know who to talk to about it, but as I started going through my sobriety journey, and meeting others and attending, you know, group support meetings where people were talking about some of their struggles. Even some people who weren't even formally diagnosed with ADHD were struggling with a lot of the symptoms that we all share. And so being able to talk to people who get it is so important in order to A, create healthier coping strategies in order to manage ADHD, and also to relate to one another about, getting sober and staying sober. Um, Because, you know, when we have ADHD, we have a lower level of dopamine in our brains than neurotypical people. So when we drink alcohol, it is like a savior. You know, it was the first time in my life. I remember I started drinking when I was 16 years old and I always felt like kind of a misfit. And I had this constant negative chatter in my brain. You know, you're lazy, you're crazy, you're stupid. When I started drinking, that magically disappeared. So it really was sort of this self medication, but I didn't know that that's what I was doing. Um, but once you get, you start talking to people who are struggling with some of the same symptoms, you're like, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel. So I think once you, you find like minded people, you know, it's much easier to heal.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's an overwhelming number like of people, you know, and I've met a lot of people in recovery that are either undiagnosed with ADHD or, you know, recently diagnosed. So there is a large group of people that are in recovery doing that and they're struggling. Um, why do you think it's important for people that have ADHD in recovery uh, to find a community of people uh, and find that understanding and support? Why, why is that so important?
1: Well, just, I mean, in recovery, it's the whole point is to know that you're not alone, is to have that mutual support and to be able to be vulnerable and share your struggles and share your stories with people who get it. And I think ADHD is so misunderstood, especially, you know, by people who don't have it, that once you find your people and you're able to, you know, share your symptoms and come up with, Um, different strategies for you to be able to heal together. It's super important. And even, even doctors, psychologists, neuroscientists who get the the science and the brain chemistry, they don't even necessarily understand what it's like to live every day with ADHD. And so I think once you find other people who have similar experiences to you, it is, it's just, it changes everything. So
0: in your, in your own personal experience, Jennifer, do you think that You know, I know you, you have ADHD, you're in recovery, you work with others who do that. Do you think that it, you know, people with ADHD have a greater relapse uh, probability or a harder time in early recovery?
1: Um, I don't know the statistics on that, so don't quote me. Um, But I do think because, like I said, we have this lower, this lower level of dopamine, like it's, we're constantly we're thrill seekers, right? We're adrenaline junkies. So if it's not drugs or alcohol, it's something else. And if we don't find a healthier alternative, then it is probably more likely that we will relapse and start, you know, using again. Um, but again, I, I have I have no idea what the statistics statistics are on that, so do not quote me.
0: Yeah, it just does seem it seems that you know all the all of the typical symptoms that somebody that would have with ADHD. Don't lend themselves uh, to that early recovery process because you do have to kind of sit still in your own feelings and thoughts, right, Jennifer, uh, okay. long enough to try to have this healing journey begin. Um, you know, what's the first step here in starting to connect with others? Because one of the things I have seen in recovery groups is people not knowing that they were ADHD, having this thrill seeker thing, having the stuff that's kind of biologically going on with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess you would even say medically going on with them. That's happening kind of in the background and they don't understand that they're doing all the work that's required. They're doing beyond the work, but they're getting different results and not until they start to connect with other people in Mm -hmm. recovery that have ADHD, do they start to find some sort of answers Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people feel that maybe have ADHD, feel isolated. They feel even more like, hey, I'm a triple threat of isms. I've got this ism and this ism and this ism. How do you start that process of starting to connect with other people and ask those questions about ADHD?
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I remember when I first got my diagnosis about 10 years ago, I was like, great, you know, something else. I have depression. I have anxiety. I abuse substances. And now I got ADHD. Like what, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, but that's why I actually do what I do now. And because it's such a specific group of people who both struggle with ADHD and um, struggle with addiction issues. I created a group coaching program so that we we have found each other um, so we can talk about the specific issues that we face. And it is hard to sit still. And, you know, a lot of the the strategies that I use are about mindfulness. And if you say the word meditation or mindfulness to a person with ADHD, they, they don't want to hear that word. They don't, meditation, they don't think is possible for them. But because, you know, there are specific mindfulness practices for people with ADHD. So there's like um, meditative walking. So if you can't sit still, you can walk and meditate and think about the steps you're taking, right? So there are groups out there. I have found an amazing community on TikTok there is an amazing sober community, an amazing ADHD community, and they really overlap. And I have found so many people, so many like-minded people that really understand struggling with both. So that's sort of become my virtual community. And then I've created small coaching groups where we can talk about this stuff and get it off our chest and share our healthy coping strategies so that we don't turn to alcohol and drugs and other unhealthy behaviors in order to manage these symptoms.
0: Yeah. You know, I've seen, especially in 12-step men's groups that I've been involved in over the decades, I've seen that there are people that will come in and, and looking back now, I could see that they were, they clearly had ADHD, right? And they, you know, really when you get to know them, have a, a really an amazing they're, they're very smart, I would say, o- o- over-the-top smart, right? But always seem to be a group of people that really, that we would said, hey, you just can't get your stuff together. Like, you got to pay your bills on time. You got to do this. You got to do it. And you'd say, like, this doesn't make sense because this is one of the brightest people that I know. I think there's a stigma behind this, right? That, well, it's not really ADHD. You just really can't get your stuff together. You can't really do it. H- how do you feel that that open conversation that you're doing in your groups and on TikTok has help, helped you kind of fight that stigma of ADHD?
1: Well, we really try to focus on our strengths rather than our struggles first and foremost. And, you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about ADHD is the fact that we we can't pay attention. It's the opposite. We pay too much attention to everything. And so therefore our focus is like scattered, but it's not because we can't pay attention. It's not because we can't get things done. We have an interest-based nervous system. So like if I'm working on something that I'm interested in, I am so in the zone that you cannot pull me away from what I'm doing, right? But if it's something, that's why I think we struggle sometimes in corporate America, if we're working for somebody else, because if the boss is telling us to do something that they think is important, we don't necessarily agree. It's hard to like get it together and do the work. So they think we're lazy or we're we're not smart or whatever it is, but it's the opposite. If they give you something that you're completely interested in, like we can take the ball and run with it. And you're, you know, we're very clever. We're very smart. But I do think that there is definitely a a misunderstanding and a stigma attached. And so if we focus on our strengths and work from there, we can at least make ourselves feel better and have some more self-compassion why we're doing the things we're doing. It's not an excuse but it's an explanation. And once we create these healthier strategies in order to you know plan our days better, in order to get things done, pay our bills on time, et cetera, um, and we build our confidence, then we can be more successful in every area of our lives.
0: When you started to kind of connect with other people that were in recovery that had ADHD? How, how has that changed your life? How you know, I mean, take me from where you were to what it's like now, because it sounds like what you're talking about is that you're very isolated in the beginning, because, you know, all this, you're having a different experience. You have some similarities with people who are in recovery, but you have a whole different subset of things that are going on that maybe the average person's in recovery can't really grasp. How's that mm-hmm. helped you connecting with other people?
1: Releasing shame, because there's shame that comes with addiction, obviously, and we, you know, it's it's hard. Once you make that announcement to the world that you're struggling with this and you're able to share with others little by little that shame sort of heals same thing with ADHD you feel the shame cuz you don't pay your bills on time and so then you know it, we call it the ADHD tax it's like this extra money that we have to pay because we're forgetful like you buy something that you already had that you forgot or you misplace things so you have to buy something new or you you're late with your credit card bill so you have a a late fee, and then your credit score drops. And it's like, you know, it's just constant shame. And we think it's a personality trait. And we think that it's because we're not good people. But that's not true. It's just the way our brains are wired. And again, connecting with others who get it, who understand what you're going through and have that aha moment and say, they're able to say, I'm not the only one. And there's nothing wrong with me. I just think differently than most people. My brain is wired differently, but it's manageable if you take the steps and use the proper tools in order to manage it.
0: Ah, such a great segment. Jennifer Solzman, thank you so much for coming on today and discussing.
1: Thank you.